With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from beautiful, sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. The Doug Gottlieb Show. The number one show in the city of Wichita. Just remember. Like, you know, I like that Gottlieb Show. Everybody in Wichita loves that Gottlieb Show. What could be wrong? what could be wrong about that? What what, what could be wrong about that? Um, last night we had uh, we had Anthony Rendon hitting a hitting a home run left handed first time like that thing was crazy. We got interesting comments as you just heard. Sean Marks, GM of the Nets, feeling like he was saying that they didn't want Kyrie back. You know, feel feeling like feel, feeling like that. So, uh, but but let's let, let's talk about last night's game. Okay, this is uh, Joel Embiid uh, calls his decision to play a lose-lose situation. You know, this is a lose-lose situation for me. Uh, you know, if I don't play, you know, uh, probably get called soft. And, you know, if I play and I play bad, uh, you know, probably say, you know, probably come up with a bunch of stuff that I guess is just not good enough. He said this in regards to the injuries that he's been dealing with. You know, there's a lot going on sometimes, you know, your body and whatever that's going on, as you know, just won't allow you um, to just, you know, be, you know, be yourself. Um, you know, in those moments, you just got to keep pushing. This is Charles Barkley on TNT after the game. Joel was so distracted by his MVP stuff. He came out with no energy, distracted, and the rest of the team followed. He wasn't aggressive. I don't mind you guys having a bad game. He was shooting fadeaway jumpers. He shot a three. He wasn't aggressive. I, I'm trying to figure. He only shot the ball 12 times. 12 times. But Seven out of 12. Remember, he started playing really. Asa made some plays in the second half, but the game was out of control. He was distracted. The other players, they're going to follow him. 
just like they did in Philly when they won the last two games. And he was out. Uh, he was just out of it. And man, I, I feel bad because he's a great kid. But sometimes things happen that bother you. I don't. Th- this whole idea that not winning the MVP bothered him and affected him and changed his game is more than a little ridiculous. It just is. It's more than a little ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. I, I think we're getting far afield from from the big story and the big takeaway. And it has to do with Jokic. It has to do with Embiid. It has to do with so many of these giants who, if you go back historically when you study the NBA, the difference with Michael Jordan and anybody else is you had to have a dominant big guy, right? Shaq was a dominant big guy. Now, look, when Dwayne Wade won a title, it was Dwayne Wade's title, right, with, with, with the Heat. But before... But but they did have a great game from Shaq. And if you think of the Spurs, dominant big guy. Lakers, dominant big guy. And I'm not talking about the LeBron Lakers, but even them, they, they did have um, Anthony Davis. Magic Johnson never won a title without Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hakeem Elijah won one too. That was the thing about Ewing was uh, the fact that he didn't win a title despite, despite being a dominant big guy. But with the exception of the Jordan era, and LeBron James, you've had to have a dominant big guy to win an NBA championship. And I, I think that instead of getting caught up in the weeds of, is he distracted? Is it the broken orbital bone? You know, what is the co- was he just playing soft? Is he injured? I think we get too far away from the, the whole idea that the NBA has changed. It just has. And we might be to the place where you can't win with a dominant big guy. Right? You just can't. You can't win with a dominant big guy. And I, I just, the, the more you watch, the more, it's like uh, the argument against Jokic and his ability to be the best player in the league is, well, you know, you took him out sometimes in the playoffs for defensive assignments. Yeah, great. All that's true. But in the regular season, he's incredibly dominant. Rudy Gobert. Like, we can get into the Rudy Gobert versus Shaq thing. Like Where Rudy Gobert struggles is not guarding big guys. It's the fact that in the playoffs, he's got to come out and they got to figure out rotations. And the guy he's guarding, much like Al Horford now with the Celtics, granted, I know a different conference, whatever, but Al Horford's out to the three-point range. You know, you go back to when they lost to the, what was it, the Clippers two years ago? Right? Not last year? And then this year when they lose, it's the same thing. You're taking a big guy out. He doesn't struggle against Aitons, and I know Shaq's a lot better and bigger and stronger than Aiton. And, and, but it's what big guys struggle with is, one, defending, because you have to defend like a guard. And then, two, and this is maybe most importantly, it's way harder to score down there than it used to be because out on the perimeter, you can't really hand-check and guys can go downhill. But in the low post... You can put two hands on a guy. You can do whatever you want to that guy. It, it's just almost physical. You have to be Shaquille O'Neal level strength with Joel Embiid level footwork and skill to score down there. I, I would make the contention that, that even the great Tim Duncan would not be the great Tim Duncan if he played today. Between the way the game is officiated, that's a big part of it. The way the game is played. And the, the matchups and the trading three for two. Like, I just, you know, the reason that a Draymond can play center, essentially, defensively against all of these great players is, in the low post, you're able to be brutally physical. But then down the perimeter, they can't touch you, right? And, oh, yeah, by the way, if you sag off a guy or if you're rotating in help, that leaves one guy open. And as we've seen, the the use of analytics, the the resonance of just the idea of, hey, if you make 50 out of 100, 50 out of 100 twos, all you got to do is make 34 out of 100 threes, and you're better off. That's the, it's the simple math to it. I, I watched Embiid last night, and sure, I'm sure some of being tentative is he's playing with a broken, a broken uh, eye bone, right? I'm sure there's in his head it's, Hey, I you know nobody. I got to do all these other things. People don't appreciate it. But end of the day, 
when you're playing, I don't think you're processing MVP. When you're playing, again, I don't know. I've never broken an overable bone, but it's not the first one he's broken. I don't think you're playing to protect that. I believe when you're playing, you're just playing. And you got to process time and score. And the best of the best, they don't even think about the last game or the last shot. They think about the next play and the next game. The difference is it's really hard in the playoffs to win with the dominant big guy. If you don't believe me, show me where the dominant big guy has proven to be a guy you can count on late in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, let alone NBA Finals. I know Phoenix got there last year with Aiton, okay, but Aiton in many ways is a bit player as they have a great scoring wing and a point guard who creates everything for them. And even that, as a semi-perfect scenario, makes it really hard to play Aiton at times when they played the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA playoffs. Yes, they got there. But they got there because the Clippers were injured. They got there because the Nuggets were injured. They got there because the Lakers, they beat the Lakers, but they were down two games to one until the Lakers had an injury. Yeah, sure, they got there, and they're a really good team. It's really hard to win an NBA championship when your best or even second best player is is somewhat of a traditional big guy, a, a traditional center. That's kind of my takeaway from last night. It's I don't I don't understand this idea that he was distracted by not winning the MVP. That that one sounds bizarre to me. Check out the latest lines on World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name online sports betting. You got to be 21. Present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Um, Suns blew out the Mavericks in the second game. It does. I have some friends that are Suns fans, and they're all like, look, this is how we roll every year. Remember last year, LeBron James was, was backing down Jay Crowder. And Andre Drummond was laughing on the bench. That was the moment that sparked the Suns. That's what Suns fans think. You know, you go back the last couple of years, and there's one thing that kind of sparks them. But, yeah, I think Anthony Davis getting hurt really helped him. But maybe it's the Chris Paul flop fest and that debacle that was game four and whatever happened with his mom and Lotso hugging Bear trying to give out hugs to his mom unsolicited in game four. I I don't know what it is, but man, that team woke up and they were nasty last night. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day, sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Welcome. We're going to have an epic show. Um, I, 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 this, this soundbite, do you guys remember when Wes Welker, when the Patriots were getting ready to take on the Jets, I think in the playoffs, maybe in the regular season, and Wes Welker dropped a bunch of foot references because it had come out that Rex Ryan had a foot fetish. You guys, do you guys remember that, yes. that that at all? I do, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And what was really, really interesting about it, first, love Wes Welker. Not sure if you ever – you guys always uh, – you guys – heard about like his he might have been the best high school football player in the state of Oklahoma like ever like he did everything he kicked off he punted he returned kicks wide receiver running back a little bit of quarterback he was uh, unbelievable but this was in 2011 he made 11 foot references 11 foot references in one press conference. And that was because they were getting ready to take on the New York Jets in the playoffs. Belichick, I think Belichick held him out like the first quarter because of it, right? Isn't that what happened? Anyway, it was, he was just inferring and making fun of Rex Ryan and messing around with them. And it was, it was great theater. This one isn't as lighthearted, but it's really interesting. The references and kind of trigger words that are within the statement of Sean Marks. Sean Marks is the GM of the Brooklyn Nets. And it's important to point out that the Nets, and, and this was created by Sean Marks, widely were considered to have the best culture in the sport. Kenny Atkinson was their coach. They had guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. They, they had young dudes, old dudes, and they had great culture. But they felt like they had topped out with Kenny Atkinson because... I didn't work with Kyrie. And if it didn't work with Kyrie, then I guess it didn't work with Kevin Durant. Even though both were injured, KD coming off the torn Achilles tendon, Kyrie yeah, he had gotten injured that year. He was let go. Jock Vaughn was the interim. This is the bubble year. And since then, they hired Steve Nash. And whatever you think of 
of Steve Nash as a coach, keep in mind, he is incredibly close friends with Sean Marks. Okay? They were on, Sean was a bench player on the Steve Nash-led Suns teams. Okay? They, they have similar interests, travel in similar circles, and they're very, very close friends. Like, if, if Steve Nash were to leave the Nets, my guess it would only be if he's like, I'm done with it. Not, I'm going to fire you. So with that in mind, take a listen to what Sean Mark said when he was asked about whether or not the Nets wanted to remain committed long-term to Kyrie Irving. Is the organization committed to Kyrie long-term? Yeah, look, I think that's something we've been discussing and we will continue to debrief on and discuss throughout this uh, offseason. And it's, it's honestly not just Kyrie. I mean, you bring Kyrie up, but we have decisions to make on, on a variety of different free agents throughout, uh, throughout our roster. Um, we haven't had any of those discussions yet, so it would be unfair for me to comment on you know, how it looks with, with us and Kyrie because, to be quite frank, he has some decisions to make on his own, what he's going to do with his player option and so forth like that. But I think we know what we're looking for. You know, We're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie but for, for everybody here. Did you guys hear the, the code words in there? Right, he wants you to be available. Okay, what was the thing that Kyrie ha- has not been throughout his career because of injury, and that was not this year because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Available, right? Wait, what about uh, selfless? Not not getting vaccinated was seen by a lot of people as being selfish, putting your own personal interest above that of the team. Um, also combine that, combine that you have selfless and playing for each other. It's not really how Kyrie has rolled. So again, I'm, I'm not making something up. I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm simply ingesting what I've heard and saying, I don't know, pretty obvious right there. What he's saying about Kyrie Irving. I think we no know what we're is. looking for. You know, we're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, play selfless, play team basketball, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for, for everybody here. I'm not hearing things. I'm hearing what he's saying. And what he's saying is, we're good. Kyrie, we're good. Doesn't it feel that way? I, I, I don't know if that's the right decision, but it feels like that's what he's saying. We're in a world where most general managers, what's the win? And I get it that Sean's an Aussie and Aussie's generally straight shooters. The one part is the, hey, you know, some of that hasn't been discussed. Like, really? You haven't discussed scenarios? Of course you discussed it. But we're in a world where you're better off saying, of course we want him back, even if you don't. Yeah. I mean, listen, if we can work out a reasonable long-term deal, sure. He did not say that. And while you could also say he didn't say no, it was definitely not a yes. And then if you follow it up with a couple of the key points that he pointed to, they run uh, directly contrary to how people perceive Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's fascinating. If they let Kyrie walk, if they sign and trade Kyrie, and they hold on to Kevin Durant, who originally came there to play with Kyrie, that would be amazing. Dan Byer, do you think I'm hearing things, or did I hear what I thought I heard? No, I think you heard what you thought you heard, and I think what is maybe stands out the most is usually we feel NBA teams just bend over backwards to cater to their stars. And it's a bit of a different sort of message coming. I mean, we had Bill Plaschke on yesterday, did the piece with the Lakers and Jeannie Buss pledging her loyalty to LeBron and saying she speaks with, you know, LeBron on on certain issues. And while she has the final decision, he's a part of it. But to hear, just using that as an example, now to hear this and to hear a front office not be, um, you know, in full support or trying to build a narrative that would keep, you know, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, I think is surprising. Okay, Stu, what do you think? 
I love the soundbite, first of all. Um, I think it's it's some of the most honest, most direct words we've heard about a player in a long time. And I think that this is, to me, reading between the lines, he's saying Kyrie Irving was a giant pain in the rear this past season. And the um, what what is it? The the risk outweighs the the reward. Whatever the whatever the cliche is here, <laughs> the, um, and that's what that's how I read it. I love it. That's a great soundbite. Oh, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt that he's a gigantic pain in the pain in the butt. But it's also a gigantic pain pain in the butt in regards to those specific points that he made. It's 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 an it's an indirect direct shot. That's what that is, right? It's one of those like, look, I you know, let's not talk about anybody personally, but let me tell you a couple of things which everybody knows. Everybody knows who he's talking about. Everyone knows who he's talking about. That is a wow. I thought that was a wow when I heard it. I, I was I, my jaw wasn't dropped because that's how most people felt and thought. But it's generally the case, and I, I, Buyer, I think this is kind of what you alluded to. You generally, not only they treat him with kid gloves, but you just always re-sign a guy to a bigger contract, and, and you're like, you know, if it doesn't work out, we trade him or whatever. That doesn't feel like Sean Marks' plan. Yeah. It's uh, not like it's a, a leverage play either, right? No, no. That's just him that, That's just him saying, like, look, this is what we want, and if we don't – well, that, that it sets up the next press conference when they bid adieu or sign and trade or whatever to Kyrie Irving, where you go like, "Look, we just we had a way in which you want to do things, and that wasn't why we want to do it." And so we move on. That's what it felt like. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, Mark Medina is going to join us. He covers the NBA for NBA Media. He's also our Fox Sports Radio NBA playoffs reporter. We'll talk to him about Jaws' injury, which is going to keep him out for the rest of the playoffs, which may be just one more game, maybe two. Um, maybe maybe three. It's possible. It's possible. Um, we'll ask him about uh, the MVP and how he have, thinks that affected Joel Embiid. Plus, we'll, we'll discuss uh, what Sean Marks said today and what Bill Bl- Platchkey told us yesterday about Jeannie Buss. But before we get to that, it is the mid part of the show, the mid part of the week, which gives us the middle of the week, the middle of the show, the midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The Midway. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, uh, Jason Stewart. What's the midway today? Doug, I want uh, I want you and Dan and John to convince me or try to tell me what the big deal is because this time of year has become a huge event for the NFL, um, maybe even bigger than the draft. Schedule release day tomorrow night. You know the week their the week their games and the weeks leading up, but tomorrow every every team will know their schedule and it's a big deal. I don't get it. Uh, to me, it's kind of like BTS. It's like the Korean boy band. Like I know it's a world sensation phenomenon. I just personally don't get it. And what I don't get is like when our our industry covers this event, they cover it like we're going to show all the games of players that have been done wrong by other teams going back to the cities and these are games you should circle on your calendar and i don't even i think that's metaphoric because nobody's actually taking sharpies out and circling things on their calendar anymore right um but anyways please tell me why this is a big deal i know buyers got distinct thoughts on this Go ahead, Dan. I am a I am a big fan of the schedule release, and I've actually been a bit of a roller coaster because I remember the days when it would just show up in the local paper. All of a sudden, the NFL schedule was released in the scoreboard section of a paper, and there was no hype about it. And you're like, "Oh wow, this is who the Packers end up playing this season." That was that was a big deal. Now. I understand Jason saying it's not a big deal, especially because we already know who the teams are going to play. We know their opponents. Heck, we know most of the opponents for next year, Sands, about three games. But what I think is big, number one, for me as a fantasy football player, 
I love to know when my holdovers have buys. I want to know when my who my holdovers are playing in the championship weeks or in the playoff weeks, in weeks 15, 16, or 17. Those are very important to me when I'm looking at it from a fantasy football perspective. And I will also say, just if you're a fan of a team, if you're a diehard, say, Packers fan or a Rams fan, you want to know when their bye week is because guess what? Maybe that's the weekend in the fall that you can plan something or get out of town because your team isn't playing that weekend. So there are a lot of reasons on why you should get excited for the NFL schedule release. I mean, I didn't even think of the fantasy element. Did you guys like that's That's so deep. I had no idea. And I do understand how many millions of people play fantasy. I don't know how many millions of people play uh, with uh, with with holdover teams and holdover players, um, I I think there's a couple of things. I don't actually think most people know who they play. I think the people that are all in like buyer and super fans that they know and they still. But I think mainstream like they don't. I mean, honestly, that 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 news has been out there for a while, and there's plenty of people like yeah, I, I didn't even know they played them. Um, I just think it's a genius way of creating interest about a sport that's not going to kick off until September. It's it's brilliance. Do I geek out over it? No. Because I have no idea. I mean, like the last couple of years with COVID, but I have no idea who's going to be playing, when they're going to be playing, or what the team is even going to look like. The one time that we did discuss this was Aaron Rodgers, what we thought could have been his last season in Green Bay last year, and that's when we went through that schedule. Um, and even then, it wasn't what we thought it would be because I don't think Big Ben didn't play that game when the Steelers came in, I think. So I, I, I don't, I'm not super into it, but I do understand that it creates interest. You think about planning a trip. I guess you could think about fantasy football. It just continues to, like, they just give us, feed us a little bit, feed us a little bit, I, feed us a little bit. I also think it tells you a little bit about your team when they get primetime games. How many Monday night games is my team playing in? How many Sunday night games? And I know it's not applicable to all NFL teams. Sorry, Jaguars and Texans. But they should play on one at least one primetime game. And it's likely going to be a Thursday night early season game. But that's another thing of, hey, and that could be another weekend maybe where you take off because your team is playing on a Thursday or Monday night. So there are there are other reasons. Ramos? Kind of in the middle with everybody. I agree with everybody, but I mean, I personally wouldn't stay home if there was like a prime time special. I wouldn't set aside a time to sit down and watch it. But if I was home and it was on and I was thumbing through the channels, I went, "Oh, there's a release of the schedule. I guess I'll watch this." Yeah, I would do that. But I'm not somebody that, you know, I just find the Rams schedule the next day and go, oh, "Okay," and just kind of move on yeah, from there. So. That's an interesting point about it because they do make it a TV show. And not to hog all the airtime on this. However, they release all of the schedules at one point. So to John's point, if it's released at what, 8 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow? The at midway. 8.01 Eastern, John can see the entire Rams schedule and would have no need to look at everything else. Now, they may break down the Thursday night schedule and the Monday night schedule, as I talked about. But if you're interested in just like John is, you can find that like a minute after it's supposed to be released and i think that that might be the crux of my issue with it is because there's going to be a two-hour draft release special tomorrow i think all the networks are going to be covering and all the talk shows the day after are going to be talking about it i just think that like i get a little bit of uh of nfl media person fatigue they they just geek out on stuff that i'm not I'm not as excited about it, and I think they're talking to people that aren't as excited about it, and there's just something about it that annoys me. So that that's the bottom line on that. That's really what it comes down to. I think it just it, it annoys you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly that. What's let's the make this about me. The NFL schedule release. The midway. Also, um, you know the the thing. I think this year though, it, it's interesting as a as a Charger guy. Like, the division is incredible. And so those games and where they're placed, and that's going to be fun. It may it may change when you see who the Chargers are playing. may change. Maybe. I wonder if they're going to – I wonder if they're going to play the um, AFC West twice this year. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting to find out at 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Yeah, you do know who they play. And you actually know everybody who they play. Um, and it's just a question of where and when. So – 
Let's get Dan Byer. Dan, what do you got? I'm uh, just constructing my tweet that I have to send out to uh, to everyone on the heels of what we we have here. So if you aren't if you are listening to at Gottlieb Show and aren't like Jason Stewart and John Ramos, you can hear my top five games of the 2022 NFL season. Yes, there's the tweet right there. If there are any typos, you know why. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 
look, we don't do a ton of baseball, you know, unless it's a you know Kershaw. Uh, when he's pitching a perfect game and he gets pulled out and people freak out and not realize that here's a guy with arm problems his first start of the year. Right? And B.G. Armstrong will join us uh, upcoming in like five minutes. But uh, are we allowed to like, we're allowed to like celebrate the fact that, I mean, you guys, neither of you are Angel fans or none of the three of you guys are Angel fans. Correct. I, I didn't know this. Like Jason Stewart grew up in, in Brea, California, which is uh, north of Anaheim, about 15 minutes north. Of, of Anaheim and he's a hardcore Dodger fan constantly complaining and you got to pick a lane you can't be an angel fan and a Dodger fan in my mind but Ramos you can be you can be an uh, I am because they're in the American League I right. consider that a different league if they were for, like the Clippers and Lakers are in the same division whereas if the Angels and Dodgers are in the same division that'd be different but they're in two different leagues and so I've been rooting for the Angels since I was as old as I was a Dodger fan, which was like seven years old. So the Angels are actually kind of good, right? Like, am I allowed to say that? They're in first place. They've won three in a row. Like, and it's not that Houston's been bad. Houston's won eight in a row. And last night, a rookie, Reed Detmers, throws a complete game no-hitter. Now, what's here's what's amazing about the Angels, okay? And again, we're not turning this into baseball 101 and talk about let's let, 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 let's talk baseball and uh, let's talk about the batting average and the uh, runs batted in and maybe we'll do some warp as well. You know, that's what we'll do. No, so we're not we're not doing that. But I should point out that I mean, think about this: they had uh, they shut out the White Sox twice, they shut out the Red Sox twice, they shut out the Nationals. And, of course, last night in the second game of a three-game series against the Rays, they had a complete game, no-hitter shutout. And why does that matter? I don't need to tell you that the Angels have had terrible pitching issues, most of them because of injuries, but some of them just because of their roster. Um, and, and, look, Shohei Otani's been good. He hasn't been as otherworldly hitting a baseball as he normally is. Uh Pitching a baseball is pretty amazing, pretty pretty darn amazing. But I, I just um, – th- there's a couple things to it. We got a complete game no-hitter, 108 pitches. And he did so at the age of 22, the youngest to throw one since Anibal Sanchez in 2006 for the Marlins. Wow, it's a long time ago. So I just – I guess you Dodger fans, angel haters – like Jason Stewart, you're going to just have to adjust your thinking and understand that every 20 years or so, we got ourselves a ball club. But the bigger one was, <laughs> did you guys see the Rendon play? Yeah. Yes. Wild. Wild. So the 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 Rays did what teams do when a game is completely out of hand. And instead of chewing up their bullpen, you throw out a position player, right? Like, oh, let's let a position player go and let, let's let him throw the last couple innings. And, and I, again, I don't know what the unwritten rule in baseball is. Like, I don't think you don't steal off the guy, but if they throw him out there, you can definitely hit off him, right? So they throw Brett Phillips, who's a right fielder out there. Mike Trout hits a home run. Okay, That's when Rendon comes up, who, if you go back, remember he had that great year with the Nationals. And then, of course, as the Angels have prone to do, whether it's uh, Mo Vaughn, right? Remember Mo Vaughn? Like you kind of go through the the laundry list of free agent signings that haven't panned out. Obviously, Pujols being kind of the biggest, and he had some good years, but never in the category of the best player in baseball the way he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton's one. That one ended very, very poorly. Gary Matthews Jr. Gary Matthews Jr. Vernon Wells. I mean, you just, thank you. You just, like, what what are we doing? We're just going to pour salt in our wounds? Right? What would he? It's like uh, it's like you're gonna dump me and then dump me again <laughs> and then dump me again and then dump me again. Yeah. They got it. So Rendon has not been nearly the same player with the Angels, and it's not like he's crushing it right hand. It's not like he's hitting 350. You know, you know, hitting you know 450 on base percentage. Is slugging is like he's hitting like 209 just above the Mendoza. So he comes to the plate against position player left-handed. First time in his career. 
and he hits a home run. Like what? That's a in slow pitch softball. You know, I play every Wednesday night slow pitch softball. You get up a lot of runs, and you start batting left hand. You start being a jackass. Um, I don't think you could do that when you're batting two oh five on a two hundred forty five million dollar deal. I, I, Let's put it this way. If he doesn't hit a home run, he looks like a fool. It's like you need to get straight right-handed. Nah, I would say, is it possible I, that hitting right-handed would have screw, screwed him up? We felt like it screwed him up. or But, like, the, the idea that he's making a mockery of it. I mean, the Rays threw out, uh, uh, you know, they go and throw Phillips out there. So, I mean, I, that's that that's when it ceased to be a, re- a real baseball game. We, we talk about the unwritten rules of sports. That's been kind of a talking point for the last couple of weeks now in, in, in every sport. I kind of think this was a, a an unwritten rule, which is you put out a pitcher out there that's not a pitcher. What was it, 8 nothing at the time? It was 8 nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just went up there not trying to show him up. I think he went out there just saying, I'm going to bat left-handed, not going to like really try to go out there and kill the ball. And he just happened to get a pitch. He swung and it went out of the park. I, I think he was actually being... Thoughtful to the other team. <laughs> oh, that's what I think. I mean, don't players I, I, do that? I'm not, not going to go. You're not going to go thoughtful? You're not going to go that no, far? because I think if you're just being thoughtful, you get up and they can. Those guys are good enough where they can just stripe one to right field, right center field. You know, if you ever go, like go to a real BP, not not right when the fans necessarily go in, but if you can ever get the benefit of near for the whole BP. Like I remember um, – I had a couple buddies that played for the Angels, and and this was probably well, this is go or so, eight years ago or so, and I'm I, I'm watching Pujols and in BP, you know, like, all right, we're gonna go like they're like all right, go to right, they go to like hits five to right center, right, hits five to left center, then he hits five to deep right center, five to deep left center, you know, one down the line, you know, one down the right field line, then he tries to go yard, like th- those guys are so good at that level that with that speed of pitching. They can kind of do whatever they want. It doesn't always. Sometimes they hit it where somebody else, is, or sometimes they don't get it clean. But they can. So if you don't want to show a guy up, but you want to help yourself, you just get up there and hit one to right center. Take your go to first base. You know, give your gloves to the first base coach and help your average. Uh, I I do think that there's a bit of jackassery up there, but I I think that it doesn't really like the Rays are they were in on it because you're throwing out a position pl- player. You know, if you have a regular pitcher out there and the team's up eight nothing and you turn around to hit left handed, now all of a sudden now you're kind of making a mockery of it, but the Rays already did that. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio, and uh we're just honored to be joined by BJ Armstrong, who of course uh a great player, part of uh, some of those Bulls championship teams, three time NBA champion. He's a current player agent in the NBA. So, BJ, thanks so much for your time. This is just an amazing time to talk NBA basketball. I do want to ask you about something that happened earlier today. Sean Marks is the GM uh, of the Brooklyn Nets, as you know, and dealing with him, of course, former player in his own right. Mm -hmm. And he was asked about a long-term commitment, and that's obviously the possible contract extension for Kyrie Irving in this offseason. Take a listen to his answer. Is the organization committed to Kyrie long-term? Yeah, look, I think that's something we've been discussing and we will continue to debrief on and discuss throughout this uh, off-season. And it's, it's honestly not just Kyrie. I mean, you bring Kyrie up, but we have decisions to make on, on a variety of different free agents throughout, uh, throughout our roster. Um, we haven't had any of those discussions yet, so it would be unfair for me to comment on you know, how it looks with, with us and Kyrie because, to be quite frank, he has some decisions to make on his own, what he's going to do with his player option and so forth like that. But I think we know what we're looking for. You know, We're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves, um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie but for, for everybody here. BJ, what's your reaction? Well, I, I think when you're in that position where, you know, Sean is currently in, there's a lot of things to consider. And first and foremost is what this team is going to look like long-term, right? They have a player in Kevin Durant who's already committed long-term. And, I, and as I was listening to him, I, can, I couldn't help but to think about, you know, if I, if I was looking out into the future on what the next collective bargaining agreement is really going to look like. And what that means long term, and I think as you're as you're listening, you're saying, okay, 
no one wants to really be committed long term and not be able to take advantage of the rules once the rules do change and once this new collective bargaining agreement will come into place. I don't know what that new collective bargaining agreement will come in place, but I can assure you, Doug, that there has been discussions on what that means and on what has transpired this year with all the things that has happened due to whatever the reasons may be where players not playing, whether it's COVID, injury, so forth and so on. So I think right now, I think every team, all teams, right, will have to take a look and really adhere to what this is going to look like. And I think that's what I was hearing more so than anything is no one wants to be in a situation where they have players committed and they're not able to take advantage of the rules once they do come into place and once these new collective bargaining agreements, when they do occur. So um, I just think it was a, you know, it was a tough question, you know, and who knows what the future will hold. But I think that's what I heard as I was listening to Sean in that, that brief, uh, you know, I didn't listen to the entire, um, you know, his press conference, but that's, that's something that really came to mind as I just heard that, um, that, that clip there. But I mean, like it's it, it's fair to generally there is a yes or an of course. He did not say yes and of course. Now he didn't say no, but I mean, who's going to say no? There was a, a yes and a, a, there was no yes and of course. And then the other part was he talked about players. He wanted players that were available, right? And they wanted to uh, play for each other, uh, right? So I I I felt like there were some triggers. And then the the. I mean, it's just disingenuous that we haven't had any discussions about that. Like, come on, that's, you know, <laughs> if you want to say he was just being honest, that ran out as soon as as soon as he got to that part. So, I, there's it does feel like there, and when you say collective bargaining cha- agreement changing, what can they change? What, what what is the what is the big thing that that people or owners or uh, front offices want to see changed uh, based upon what's happened the past couple years? Well, I, you know, I'm not privy to those conversations, but I'm going to assume, Doug, that, um, you know, length of these contracts will be of discussion moving forward, okay? And, you know, you, 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 know, you have a, a current length now that's currently in place, and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume with, 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 with a reasonable cause here that the owners will want to – make amends to the length that is currently under now, right? You know, guys are getting four-year deals, five-year deals. Um, I would venture to say that owners probably will want shorter lengths of contracts. Um, but, I, again, I don't have privy to those conversations. So, again, we'll have to kind of wait and see. But without question, the expectations of the, the roster, the commitments that they had and salaries – um, that this team was expecting to, at the very least, to advance, you know, past the first round, let alone not win a game. So I'm sure there's a lot of disappointment. I'm sure there's a lot of emotions that are high. There's a lot of things, and they have to go through this exercise. And in the end, they may determine that this is the best group uh, to come back. And there's some things I'm sure they're, they're going to want to, you know, make it very clear because when you have a commitment in the salaries that Brooklyn had, at the very least, this team should be able to get to the conference finals, right? That's that's what you're saying, let alone not be able to win a game. So right now, there's a lot of things, and they have to go through this. And if they're not going through this, they're not doing their job. So I respect it because that's part of your job. How do you improve your team? Right now, the fact remains, this is a team that did not win a game in the playoffs. That's a fact. And now they have to look – they have to do this. And if they're not doing it, then – they're not being honest with themselves. They're not being honest with their fan base. But more importantly, um, you know, they, they, you have to do it. How do you improve your team? And then once you look, go through it, you may determine that bringing these guys back may be the best plan of attack, and then you move forward from there. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of B.J. Armstrong, of course, three-time NBA champion and current player agent. Um, uh, Joel Embiid kind of struggles last night, and there was a lot of talk about the MVP award. I watch, and I, look, I know he's not Gobert, but there, there's some, some issues with Gobert in the playoffs. Jokic is out of the playoffs. And, and I just wonder, I mean, as you know, that, that as good as your bigs were, 
and maybe that's like the most underrated part of those championship uh, Bills, uh, Bulls teams. Traditionally, when uh, to win an NBA championship, with the exception of Jordan and LeBron, you've had to have a dominant big guy. Uh, I guess you could say the Dallas Mavericks, too, with Dirk, right? But those are like the exceptions. Everybody else had Tim Duncan, Akeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, Magic never won one without Kareem. Not not, not one. Um, Robert Parrish. You you name it. Moses Malone. Can you win an NBA championship if your best player is a big guy? Can you win if your best player is a big? Yeah, like like in 2022... You know, Embiid and the B. I mean, like, look, it, it used to be you couldn't win without one. Now it feels like maybe maybe you can't win with one. Well, I, I think that what you yeah, well, I think what you've seen this year, um, and I was really happy with, you know, the resurgence, if you will, of the bigs. And you know, when you're when you're watching big guys now, in particular Joel Embiid, who we're discussing, when you're watching Giannis, when you're watching Jokic. You know, seven-footers, Doug, had really been kind of – they were ancient. They were kind of pushed out of the league. The game yeah. went small. The game went to three-point shooting and so forth and so on. So to, to see the reemergence of the bigs uh, has, uh, has been great, especially on the offensive end. Defensively, there's always been a value, right? So you talk about small ball, so forth and so on. But when, they, when the Warriors were winning, you know, there was Andrew Bogut there. There was a JaVale McGee there. Um, you know, you always had bigs, but they were limited to what they could contribute. They were just rim protectors. And now you're seeing the reemergence of the game focus back on them because the bigs, the seven-footers, have been the last group to learn how to play in this new era with pace and space. Joel Embiid is a very unique player who can play fast, but you can't play with little guys against him. And, you know, and I think the same, the way that Jokic plays, you know, is a very unique. So the big guys have been the last position, if you will, to learn how to play in this new modern era of basketball. So uh, I think you can win with them. I know they're needed. Um, you can see DeAndre Ayton. You can see Brooke Lopez. You can see the JaVale McGee. You can even see, you know, Bismack Biombos last night, what he's able to do. So the bigs are here. They've always been here, but now on the offensive end, you know, DeAndre Ayton suddenly has 20 points last night. Again, uh, when you go small against him. So the bigs on the offensive end, I think that's what you're seeing. And so my answer is unquestionably yes. You need these guys. These bigs are, they're, they're, they're beginning to learn how to play in this new era. BJ Armstrong, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. What do you make the fan, the fan incident? Um, Going back to the going back to Dallas on what was that on Sunday? Yeah, it's very unfortunate, and um, you know it, it, it's very unfortunate. Anytime things like that happen, I didn't see it. It was I'm just going by what was reported. You know, there's no place for violence. There's no place. You know, look, people say things. People are going to be talking trash, so forth and so on. But when you start touching people, um, you know, it was reported that. And there was some physical altercation that, that happened there with his family. That's very unfortunate. So hopefully we can maintain our sense of, you know, decency amongst one another. And, and I get it. You're rooting for your fans. Emotions are high and there's a lot of trash talking. But when you start touching people and you start threatening people and all of those things, then you draw the line. So hopefully we can have a safe environment for people to cheer, people to have a good time. And cheer for your team, and 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 because that's what makes the game great, right? The fans and and all of those things. However, you know, there's a line, and uh, certainly if things were reported and those were accurate, um, there's no place for violence or touching people, threatening people uh, in the game, especially in an NBA arena. Because uh, you know what, it was um, that Dallas crowd was terrific, right? And I don't want to have one incident spoil it. But, um, you know, uh, I always love playing on the road because of the hostility. But, again, you don't want to see that happen at, at, at nowhere. Um, I, I, I don't know where you are. I'm, I'm in the camp of, and I, I think they, they need to get Gary Payton uh, the second back. I feel like the Warriors are rightfully the favorites. That's the team I just, you know, you're just starting to get old Clay back a little bit. Uh, I think I think Poole is a breakthrough player, obviously, and he's playing with incredible confidence. I just I 
I think the Warriors are going to at least come out of the West and maybe win this thing. Where are you on the Warriors? Well, certainly the Warriors have all of the the, the – they have the experience, been there, done that, and they have three players who are battle-tested, right? These guys, talking about Draymond Green, you're talking Steph Curry, you're talking Clay Thompson. And those guys have been there, done that. So the experience is there. Steve Kerr is a terrific coach, been there, done that, and what he has done. You know, um, I like their team. I like what they've done. And they've kind of done this all year in the regular season. And now in the postseason, they play really without a true big. I mean, Draymond Green is the biggest player out there that's getting extended minutes. I know they have Kavon Looney that plays sparingly. But I think it's going to be very tough as you begin continue to advance because at some point here, you're going to need bigger bodies. Um, I think right now the team to beat until someone beats them it's the Milwaukee Bucks. They are the defending champions. I always want to respect the champion and watching them and watching Giannis. Giannis is, you know, look, Giannis was without question to me. He's the most impactful player. He's the best player now on both ends of the court uh, in the NBA. And I don't see a smaller team in particular being able to defend him. And I don't see any player or players that can just match up with him individually for 48 minutes. You're going to need a team, and you're going to need rim protection, and you're going to need very physical bodies. And uh, so to, until someone beats him, he is the team. They, they are the defending champions. i got to respect the champion now. The team that looks like they were the best team throughout the course of the season, to me, is the Phoenix Suns. Right? If you're asking me the team, I think, based on what I've seen this year, is the Phoenix Suns. But I have to respect the defending champions because they deserve that. And, and more importantly, when you have Giannis, Giannis – in every series, he will be the best player on the floor. Make no doubt about it. You have to compromise your defense to some degree when you play against him. Now, if they can get you know Chris Middleton back and, and what have you, I just think they're the team to beat. So I want to respect the champ until someone knocks them out because I can tell you this, you know, Giannis is coming. <laughs> Doug, the guy is just a phenomenal, phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete. And until someone beats him, hey, you, you got to respect him. BJ, great stuff, man. I love uh, listening to you talk about the playoffs. Let's do it again soon. Appreciate your time on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Thanks, Dad. Yep. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.